you're going to be really natural right now. That's what you're yeah, going to do? This is super natural. Okay, go for it. So I guess we should probably tell people who I am. I think everybody knows who you are when they hear this British voice. I should probably explain a little bit about me. Okay, that sounds good. I am Mike Hurley, and I'm the co-founder of Relay FM. I am a podcaster full-time. I've been podcasting for like five years, and I've been full-time podcasting for maybe like six months or something like that. And we're going to talk a little bit more about kind of where I came from, where you came from work-wise. Mm-hmm a little bit later on but i just wanted people to know who i am as we start this and of course i have the real pleasure of being joined on cortex every week by mr cgp gray hello hello gray i've only agreed to 10 episodes though so far yes (laughs) let's make that very clear you have you have successfully pestered me into doing this you Mm -hmm. have been very convincing but i have agreed to do 10 episodes of this podcast with you I basically force-fed Gray coffee and got him to agree uh, to doing this with me. Yes, yes. You were you were very consistent over several lunches together of getting to getting me to do this with you. So here we are. Because I mean, I am a big fan of your work, especially of Hello Internet. That is my favorite thing. Um, I love you and Brady every week. But there's there's one thing that when I listen to Hello Internet that that I would love to hear more of, and that's what I'm trying. That's what that's what Cortex is going to be. Um, where initially I want to talk about with you the way that you work, because every now and then you drop a little interesting tidbit of information about the way that you work, mm-hmm. and I am kind of fascinated to understand a little bit more about that and the decisions that you make. Okay. You want to follow that up on on here? Mm Mm-hmm. That's what this is going to be. Okay. So I have many... I've been keeping a big, long list of things, uh, of peculiar things. Like, I I would like to tease something. Every every time I tell somebody about this show, I I give them one piece of information as to why I think Cortex is going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. And it's because of a, a recent lunch that we had... I found out that Gray put sleep on his calendar. You seem transfixed by this. This this really struck you. Everybody that I that I tell about this when I'm when I'm talking to people about why I think this show is going to be awesome is exactly this thing I tell them and they all react the way that I reacted. They're like, I just can't believe it. I don't understand. It seems very logical to me, but we will save this conversation. I want to table this conversation because we'll lose the entire show to this. Uh, we will put that to the side for now. That will be on the calendar episode. But that this is the type of thing that I want to, that I hope we will come across on Cortex, and as we try and understand a little bit more about the inner workings of your robotic mind and the way that the gears turn, <laughs> we can see how this goes. Although I am aware that. I seem to have developed a bit of a, a reputation for being some kind of, of productive robot. And one of the reasons why I have only agreed to 10 episodes is I don't really think that there's that much to talk about. Because even though I have this reputation, I don't, I don't actually really like work very much. I don't like working. And I am constantly trying to think of ways to minimize work or to sort of maximize the output that I can get from the minimum amount of input. So I'm not I'm not a huge fan of work. <laughs> so I'm not sure there's going to actually be a lot to talk about. But you see, that's, that's the thing for me. That is wherein the interesting stuff lies, because you are a person who is successful at what you do, and you have a good output of work. 
and your the work that you put out is of high quality and you seem to be quite efficient about the way that you do it simply because you want to not do too much of it so i think that there is there is something really interesting in there you're not a workaholic right no in no. that instance but you have found interesting ways to get maximum output with minimum input perhaps we'll find out it works for me anyway many people wish i i made more videos but this is a this is the way i work that's actually a topic i have for later so like you know you've agreed to 10 but i have mm. like 20 topics so we'll see <laughs> we'll see how we go on that one <laughs> don't push your luck mike <laughs> i'm planning this into 2020 buddy but you can't get away from me now it was a big deal for me to put something weekly on my schedule this uh -huh. is a, i carved out a lot of time for this i don't i don't know about this <laughs> look you're already you're already trying to reserve decades ahead mm -hmm. this is like a podcast trojan horse ah okay that's okay. how this works we'll see so everybody knows that listens to your stuff that you used to be a teacher right mm -hmm. is that that is that the kind of the primary part of your background your working background yes before i started making videos on on youtube being a teacher here in the uk was really my only job as a as a full grown adult i have no long list of interesting careers i basically went to school and then uh, after university i trained to be a teacher and became a teacher for a number of years, and then eventually left that to do YouTube, is the short version of that story. There are other things that happened in between there, but that's the gist of it. Why did you want to be a teacher? You're going to start out making me look bad. You, you know the answer to this. Okay, so I always have a hard time convincing people that this is actually my answer, but I became a teacher because of the time off. That was really the main thing that drew me to that career and wh while while that can can come off as sounding very lazy the reason that it, it attracted me is that I wanted to be able to have big chunks of time to be able to work on my own side projects I'm always a person who's had side projects in my life uh, even even now that my side projects have become my main living I still have other side projects this is just a fundamental part of my personality. And really, when you leave university and you are surveying the potential jobs that are available, time off from those jobs is, is a very, very rare and very precious resource. You know, the, the standard in America for people I know who uh, friends of mine who are, are living there is two weeks off a year. And Ugh. I know. I know. Oh. I don't think this is hyperbole when I say that that's barbaric for a, yeah. a modern Western society. It's it's extra barbaric when you consider that most Americans then have to take their two weeks off and spend most of that time with their families at, at Thanksgiving or Christmas, which are usually not times most people think of as very relaxed, very low-key times. So... In America, the standard is, is two weeks, and here in the UK, it's usually about, I think, four weeks is the legally required minimum. Mm -hmm. I don't know, you, you used to work like an office job. What would you get? Four weeks? Is that right? I got, um, I think I started off with like 23 days, mm -hmm. and over my eight years, got it up to 28. Wow. I know. <laughs> That's loyalty. Uh -huh. <laughs> I, was I was a rewarded employee. <laughs> 
there you go. Yeah, they they were uh, able to uh, not keep you on with those rewards. No. But yeah, so so when I was looking at, oh, what am I going to do with, with my adult working life? Teaching has this unique aspect that there there are very few jobs that can give you big chunks of time off. And so that that really is one of the main reasons why I went into teaching. I mean, there are other contributing factors. There are reasons why that was easier for me than other things. Having a degree in physics also meant that I could pretty much guarantee that I could get a job at a good school instead of having to start my way at the bottom of the chain and like hopefully work my way into a good school over a number of years. I could just I could just walk into a very nice private school as a totally brand new teacher. So those things helped and those things contributed to my decision, but it really was the time off and I wanted to and did use those big chunks of time uh, on my side projects, one of which obviously eventually paid off, which is the YouTube videos. I find it interesting that you like you start off the conversation with it being like a thing that you are maybe a little bit embarrassed to say because it, people may judge you because you say you wanted time off, but it's not like you wanted that time off to sit on a beach. Like I'm sure there was some of that, but you were looking at it primarily as a way to do other things, to be productive in other areas. I, I think that that is a, a very smart decision. And this is exactly the type of thing, right, that for why I think it's interesting to talk to you about these things because that was a very calculated decision that you made in so much that you look you, you didn't want to I assume you always wanted to work for yourself right is I will make that assumption yes that's that's something I have been aware of ever since I can remember thinking my own thoughts is that if, if I can become self-employed in some manner that is something I would I would like to do. And I, I grew up seeing my father, uh, he's self-employed, and seeing how he was in control of his own life uh, in, in the way that you can only be if you're self-employed. So that was always a, that was always a goal that I had. So because of that, when, you know, it's, it's difficult to just go from university to self-employment. Like that is a hard thing to do, especially with the course that you took, like the, the route that you took, the degree that you got. I don't really know if you can just be like, right, I'm a, I'm a physicist now. That doesn't really, that's not a thing. I don't think there are very many freelancing physicists. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know what you do. You just go to, like, you put your ad in the yellow pages or something, like physicists <laughs> yeah. for hire. I don't I don't know if that happens. So you yeah. made a decision in that you, you looked for a job working for the man that gave you the most amount of time to build your side business to take you to be self-employed. That That decision is what, is the kind of thing that I find to be really interesting about the way that you you plot things out. And don't get me wrong, there there were some summers that were spent basically on a beach, but and of I course. did take time off on vacations as well. Yeah, but yes, uh, I I wanted the time off to do things on the side. For me, like I I have been podcasting for five years, as I mentioned, I have been uh, I started Relay with my co-founder Stephen Hackett in August of two thousand and fourteen, uh, having done been around i've been like a bunch of different places doing podcasts over the years but i had been working in finance i was working in retail banking for like six years and then i moved into the marketing department and i was there for about two years so i worked the man from the age of 18 Uh, i didn't go to university i took a gap year to get a job which then ended up becoming eight years the gap almost decade yeah so maybe maybe one day i'll go to university you know i'm still on that gap here so who knows what will happen but 
I, I over that time, uh, decided that I also hated working for people. You didn't enjoy your marketing position in finance? <sighs> not really. Hmm. I don't like big corporations, Gray. That hmm. is not a thing that I enjoy. I don't like talking about pinging people or circling back to people. Mm-hmm. It's just not a thing that I'm too interested in. Hmm. So let's start talking about your devices. So mm-hmm. I kind of want to start at the at, you know at the base, right? So your computer devices, your computing things. You want to talk hardware. I want to talk hardware. This is where we're going to start. Okay. Oh, but if you if you if you want to talk hardware and you want to talk computers, you're going to start a you're going to start a religious war here over over particular computers and things. That's a good a good way to to lose half the listeners straight away. Mm-hmm. Especially with some of the questions I'm going to ask you in a minute. Oh, great, great. We're just going to cut out a massive like just a massive <laughs> swath of people just straight straight out the door uh, after minute twelve. <laughs> so. What computer do you use? I am talking to you right now on my computer, which is a 27-inch Retina iMac. What I would say is that this is the computer that I have been waiting a very long time for because I bought this solely because of the Retina screen. I was just waiting for Apple to come out with a large Retina screen, and as soon as they did, it's like, yes, I will take that computer. And Apple says, you haven't heard how much it is. And I said, I don't care. Right? I'm, I've been waiting for this. <laughs> just just give it to me. And, and they're like, oh, sign this sign this document in your own blood. And I, fine, fine, sign, whatever. I just, I need a big retina screen to work on. It's my main computer, although it may not be my main computing device. But I am, I am very happy with it. And the retina screen makes a huge difference to me. And that's where I do all my podcasting from and all the animating from. Do you have any other Macs? Uh, well, see, this is what's going to make people angry. There's a lot of Apple gear in my house. Yeah. There's a lot of Apple gear. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, we just have to accept that. <laughs> that is where this conversation's going. Uh, I apologize to everyone for taking Gray down this path. In the room uh, behind me, I have a little laptop that I sometimes use for doing work around the house because a 27-inch iMac doesn't doesn't translate well to doing stuff on the couch if you need to do computer work. So I have a little very old MacBook Air from years and years ago. And then I also have uh, nearby here, I have a co-working office space that uh, I go to sometimes. And I have uh, another laptop in there as like redundant gear. So I have basically an office computer in an an actual office that I use as well. And with uh, with your iMac... What what keyboard and mouse do you use? I use the clicky keyboard. Now, everyone from Hello Internet will know. Oh, there it goes. Yeah, that's the that's the sound when Brady's talking, when my my podcasting co-host is talking. Very often you can hear me looking up stuff in the background uh, when he's saying things. I'm trying to find facts to contradict him or just, you know, watching YouTube videos or something. I look forward to hearing that so much. <laughs> But yeah, so I I bought this um, keyboard from a company called uh, WASD, which makes old-fashioned mechanical keyboards, which I was very, very excited to find when someone, I think, mentioned it to me on Twitter or something. But uh, yes, it is very heavy. It is very solid. Uh, It is not remotely portable. You could beat a man to death with it. And I absolutely love it. And it has been customized so that it uses the Dvorak keyboard layout, which is how I actually type all day. So that is my that's my keyboard. Again, the Dvorak thing. That's a whole. I have a whole <laughs> show planned 
around that because <laughs> right? like, that is like something i don't, can't even nearly begin to understand like using a different keyboard layout but again we will come to that uh, <laughs> okay. at a later date what mouse do you use do you use anything specific or do you just go with an apple mouse okay i have this strange setup i don't actually have a mouse on my desk what i have in front of me are two different pointing devices the thing that i use mainly is that i have a wacom pen tablet that huh. I use 90% of the time uh, for for drawing stuff. And even if I'm not animating, if I'm just using the computer, just, you know, browsing the web or whatever, I still use the pen tablet wow. uh, almost all the time. I had no idea. Oh, I thought you used something similar. I guess not. No, I use, when I'm editing, I use a magic trackpad in one hand and then a mouse in the other. So I use the trackpad for like panning and zooming, and mm. then the mouse for like precision and editing of audio. Mm. Um, but I I had no idea that you you had a had a, a pen tablet. I guess it kind of makes sense because you animate. But that is that's really interesting to me, and even more interesting that you use the browser web. Yeah, I use it for everything. I'm I I don't really use mice very much at all. Uh, so I do really like this pen tablet that I have. So that's, that is on the right-hand side of my keyboard. And then on the left-hand side of my keyboard, I have, like you do, I have a magic trackpad. And I think for the same reason that I find it very helpful when doing animations or doing podcasts sometimes to have that space to do gestures or secondary tasks, secondary pointing tasks. It's a little bit hard to explain how I use it, but I, I find it useful enough that I'm in the weird situation sometimes of having the 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 pen in one hand and my hand on the magic trackpad, you know, with one on each. And it, it looks very strange, but I, I find it can be quite useful sometimes. Hmm. So that that's uh that's kind of my desk setup right here. Okay. That's uh that's that's what I have. So what phone do you have and what phone do you own and use every day? Well, Mike, mm. I have an iPhone six plus, which is entirely also because of your badgering. <laughs> I originally got an iPhone 6, and on my other podcast, I complained quite mightily and for a very long time about how much I did not like the iPhone 6. And over our many lunches together, you eventually convinced me to try out the 6 Plus, which I have done. And now my main phone is the iPhone 6 Plus, and I'm a big fan of it. I am uh, I, I like it a lot better than I ever liked the 6. And this is a strange time to talk about my gear because I... I'm finding I'm in a I'm in a period of transition now. Like I'm I'm aware that I'm using the phone very differently than I used my old phone before and then that's affecting how I use like there are knock-on effects from using the phone more to other devices and uh I also have the Apple Watch now which is affecting a little bit how I work. So I'm, it it feels like things yeah. are in a period of flux right now. But um yes, yeah, so iPhone 6 Plus is my current phone. And I guess the the phone is eating into your iPad usage, right? You're an iPad user. Yeah, I'm, I am. I am a big iPad user, and I would go so far as to say that my iPad is my primary computing device. That most of my work for the videos is actually not animating or doing the audio. It's mostly script writing, just writing what I'm going to say, and then rewriting it, and rewriting it, and rewriting it forever and ever. So it's it's a lot of typing, and for some reason, I find the iPad is is the best device for me 
to do that on, to do lots and lots of edits on. Uh, it's, it's very comfortable to... I have like a little external keyboard that I use with it that I can take around London and work from various cafes and things. And in addition, if I'm doing research, like I'm, I also spend a lot of time reading and copying, pasting sentences and making notes on stuff. And I really like doing that on the iPad as well. So in terms of, of hours spent on a device, the iPad is, is almost certainly the, the big leader in that. It's, it's where I have spent most of my time. But I am really aware that with the with the iPhone 6 Plus, much to my surprise, the iPhone is is very much eating into my iPad time, which I would not have guessed. I would never have thought that would be the case, but it's definitely happening. So I'm I'm, I'm sort of refiguring how I'm using some of my devices. And do you have a full sized iPad or a mini? I have many iPads, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I have. <laughs> Many, many iPads. I, I almost don't want to say how many iPads I have. Well, like in-use iPads. Oh, yeah, in-use iPads. All right, no, you got to tell me how many. I don't want to tell you how many I have. Come on, tell me how many. Is it more than five? Uh, well, if we're, if we're talking about in... It depends on what you mean by in-use. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let's, let's back up a minute. Let's, <laughs> let's tell my origin story with iPads. After the iPad came out, I remember being hugely disappointed because... Like other people, I thought, oh, I didn't want a giant iPhone. I want I want OS X or OS ten. Sorry, I can never. It's oh, I read great. it in my brain. OS ten. Great, so many people are going to be mad at you. I know. You think the people are going to be mad at you for saying you like Apple? The, yeah. The people that like Apple are going to be more mad. You said X, then then Android and Windows users will be upset at you. As a, as a slight side note here, I often find myself in situations where I end up with. Both groups mad at me on a particular topic. This is this is a, a common phenomenon in my life. That I'm always in like the middle of, of two groups, both of which are angry with me over something. So that's what I've just done here. But so anyway, I was disappointed with the iPad. I wanted a desktop computing experience on a tablet, and I thought, oh, this stupid iPad is it's totally useless for me. I'm never gonna I'm never going to have any interest in it. Uh, but my wife ended up getting one and over time, I thought, ah, oh, that looks useful, this thing that she's doing over here. And I started stealing more and more of her iPad time away from her. And I eventually started experimenting with writing on it with an external keyboard, which I quite liked. And then my, my wife was getting annoyed that her iPad was always missing, that it was, in, it was in, you know, it was in my control. But when I eventually saw the iPad 3 with, once again, the retina screen, as soon as I saw it, I thought, man, I have to have this. This thing is just great that was the first real sized retina screen i'd ever seen and it, it was a similar thing like how much apple how much like just i need this right now uh and so since then because the ipad is my main computing device it's the thing that i spend most of my time on i have gotten each generation of the ipad since the three so it's the three the four the Air and the Air 2, if I have that right. Mm -hmm. And then I also did get a Mini, so that makes it technically there are five iPads in my house that are mine. But they all do have uses, I swear. They really do. You use them all. Okay, so I'm going to have to really run through this, aren't I? Yeah. Okay. Uh... Back yourself into a corner now, Gray. <laughs> okay. So the iPad 3 is in, is in retirement, is the way I like to Aww. think about it. The iPad 3 sits in my bedroom and 
it can only do one thing because it's very old and it only has it has limited memory like like an old thing yeah that's exactly right <laughs> my ipad 3's retirement is that it functions as a white noise machine for when i sleep because oh, okay uh, I, I have, uh, I, can, I never know how to say it, tinnitus, tinnitus in my ears. I can't sleep in a silent room, so I need something that makes noise. So what is it, like a ringing noise you hear? Yeah. Uh, right. I, as, as long as I have been alive, I have always had a ringing sound oh. in my ears. Um, it seems very normal to me, but I kind of forget that other people don't have this as well. Sure. But, so, but it, it means that I can't sleep in a perfectly quiet room which is one of the few times i really notice it but it's there so i have to have something making noise so that's what my ipad 3 does what what kind type type of white noise do you play out of interest there is a website that i highly recommend for anybody else who has this called white noise mp3s.com and as far as i can tell it's it's run by uh, just one woman who goes around and records various soundscapes now over my whole life, I have listened to a lot of different kinds of white noise, but she does a very, very good job with the recordings. They're very long. She picks interesting um, soundscapes. And so if you, have, if you have this problem, I highly recommend her website to go buy some of those MP3s. And the one that I sleep with most of the time is actually, it's a recording from the interior of uh, a passenger airplane. So it's that jet cabin sound is the one that I play most of the time. But I, I use a, a number of her uh, MP3s for various other other things sometimes. So sometimes when I'm just at home, if it is bothering me, I have uh, like a thunderscape, uh, I have a uh, thunder sound of a storm that I'll play just like low and in the background, just so there's a little bit of noise, but it's not distracting. So I, I use a number of her MP3s. So we've established what the iPad 3 does. Oh, right. That's I forgot. That's what we were doing. Uh, okay. So now I have to explain some other ones. Okay. So let me let me work backwards then. The iPad 4 lives in my office because I like to have redundant equipment in other places. So the iPad 4 lives with my um, MacBook. In the co-working space. Yes, in the co-working space. So the iPad Air and the iPad Air 2 fit into this crazy system that i know you are interested in which i call my redundant bag uh, system uh, yeah. where i have mm -hmm. two different backpacks that i use based on what i'm doing on a particular day and again i like to have everything just set and ready to go so each of those ipads lives in like kind of permanently in a backpack so that in the morning depending on which day it is i can grab one or the other and i'm just all set like they, they charge up overnight and so they're just ready and then the ipad mini is probably one of my least favorite but it has ended up as a as a dedicated book reader so I, I have it set up so that it's very it's always using like the the low light setting and it's always set on dark and it has a very dark background so that i can use that uh, at nighttime for reading very easily so those are those are what my ipads are being used for this first episode of cortex is brought to you by backblaze i haven't told you what backblaze is but here's how you know if you should be a customer of theirs one, do you have a computer? A Windows computer, a Mac computer, any computer. Two, do you have anything on that computer that is important to you? If you answered yes to those two questions, which is almost certainly everyone who's listening to this podcast, then you need to be a customer of Backblaze. Backblaze makes sure your computer files are always safe and always protected by backing them up to the cloud. 
they back up an enormous number of computer files, over 150 petabytes of data. And it's so easy for you. You just go to backblaze.com slash cortex to show your support for the show, download and install their software, and it will just run in the background of your computer, automatically humming away and uploading your files to their protected servers. Then, if something bad happens to your computer, which is inevitable given enough time, it's only a matter of time, every hard drive is basically a ticking time bomb, waiting to corrupt your files and break and ruin maybe all of the family photos you have or all of the work of all of the projects that you currently have. So when that happens, and you've been a customer of Backblaze, you can then get your files restored. Now, what would you pay to get back, say, all of your family photographs or all of your university work in the last final months, you probably pay a lot. But Backblaze is only going to charge you $5 a month per computer for unlimited, unthrottled backup. If Backblaze isn't on your computer right now, you really need to go install it. And it's not just for disasters. When your files are on Backblaze, you can access them from your iPhone or your Android device at any time to get access to your files. This is a very handy feature. There have definitely been times when I know there's a file that's sitting, say, on the gigantic external hard drive that I have next to my computer, but I'm somewhere else and I need to access it, and I can do that with Backblaze. I can just open up my iPhone and get access to that file almost immediately. So again, if you have a computer and you store important things on that computer, you need to sign up at backblaze.com cortex. This protects all of the digital files that are important to your life and shows your support for this new podcast. So once again, go to backblaze.com cortex, C-O-R-T-E-X. So the question that you dread, why Apple? Like, why Apple devices? Like, these are all a specific choice that nothing is, is getting outside of the Apple ecosystem for you. Why do you personally think that Apple devices are right for you? Not why they should be right for the rest of the world, right? I want to make that very clear that I will speak for Gray and that he is purely saying why he personally, CGP Gray, likes Apple devices. So implicit in this question is people assume that you are, are constantly scanning the horizon and comparing all other options in every possible way every day to make sure you're using the thing that is perfect for you. And, and, that, and that's not what I do. So I get into discussions with people sometimes where they say, oh, you know, have you, have you tried Windows lately? I haven't used Windows in whatever it is since I, since I quit teaching. Three years, four years, I don't know exactly. They go, oh, you haven't used Windows today. It's completely different. There's always these moving goalposts, you know. Oh, I looked at an Android phone a year ago and I didn't like it. Oh, but you didn't look at an Android phone today. Well, I looked at an Android phone last week and they go, oh, no, it's totally different today. It's, it's, it's much better, right? You can, never, you can never have looked at something recent enough to satisfy the person who you are, are talking with. Like, but you're not looking at the Android phone right now. You just looked at it a minute ago when you handed it back to me, but it's totally better now. So, I mean, I think what happens is I made a decision uh, back when I was in college to switch to Macs for a variety of reasons. And I liked Macs and I have continued using Macs and I have found that they have fit me. And I haven't found any wildly compelling reason to switch. And so I use I use Apple stuff. Like, there's there's in some ways it's it's very simple. Like I grew up using 
DOS. Like that's where I learned how to use computers. And then I went off to uh, college. And in college, in my wild experimental days, I was building my own computers and using Linux and all the rest of this. And then when I left college, I switched to Macs and I've, I've stuck with them. And it was partly because I was tired of messing around with Linux all the time and trying to customize my system and keep up to date on everything. I thought, you know what, I just, I don't have time. And frankly, I don't have the interest in this anymore of staying on top of all of the packages and compiling from source and all this stuff. So I remember switching to Macs partly because they had Unix underpinnings. So I thought, oh, well, the terminal is there. If I ever want to use it, I can still do all the Unix stuff. It's not like I've, I'm going to waste that knowledge. But fast forward 10 years, and you know, it's a, it's a rare quarter when I open the terminal to do anything now. So I don't know if that's a satisfactory answer, but, that's, but that is definitely the case. And then once you've, you've picked a groove, it makes sense to, to double down on that. So I tend to use now... Like I use uh, Final Cut to animate my videos, which I have to say I really like. I think that program is is very nicely designed and I like it. And I use Logic to edit the podcast, which is okay, although it is crash-tacular. <laughs> I'm sure there is a better system for... Oh. Would you agree with that? Do you use Logic? That my favorite thing about Logic is if you have a project open, Logic... <laughs> And you try to open another project. So oh, yes. File new. And it's like, and a dialogue pops up and it basically says to you, are you sure you want to do this? Because if you do this, everything will go wrong. Right. It's like you can choose to do it, but we right. strongly advise you close right. one of them. I'm not making any promises that we're going to keep any of your changes if you're going to try to have two projects open at once. It's like sometimes I'm I'm doing that and I'm like recording in one and assembling in another or something like that. Yes. And I basically all I do is press play and the entire thing crashes. <laughs> just like <laughs> like it's the fundamental thing. I just press the play button, boom, everything's gone. Yes, yes. When on the uh, the Hello Internet podcast, which again I do with Brady, I I probably over edit that podcast. I end up with a couple hundred audio cuts every time, but. I'm aware that as that number spikes up, if I want to just nudge, you know, a bunch of clips a little bit left, Logic's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if we can handle this, man. Like, you want to you wanna move clips together to cut out a bit of white space. I know this is the primary function of an audio program, but, you know, uh, uh, oh, spinning wheel of death. Logic is probably not the best example of, uh, oh, wow, isn't this Apple product just absolutely amazing? But I, I, when I started doing the podcast, I looked around a little bit in terms of what else was available and I can't even remember why, but at the, at the time I decided, oh, I'm just going to I'm going to bite the bullet and learn logic. And, and now I have for, for both of us. The reason that we use logic is the perfect example of why we use Apple products. Like and, and this is why I do. And I assume it's probably the same for you. It's what I know now. Like I use logic because whilst it frustrates me, I really know how to use logic to mm-hmm. get what I need done with it. And that's like for as much as I mean, I'm exact, pretty much exactly the same as you. Um, I use all Apple products. Uh, I have a Mac Pro instead of an iMac. I have a MacBook Pro as well that I use. I use two different machines. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Apple devices from quite frequently frustrate the hell out of me for myriads of reasons. Mm-hmm. But I know how to use them. They mm-hmm. are the things that I chose to use like 10 years ago. So now it's just the stuff that I use. And then I use an iPhone as well because once I think there is a real benefit with Apple devices especially, that if you get one of them, it makes your life easier to get others. And that's not so much with Android, right? Because there isn't a Android desktop as such. But you, it, it helps you then to be in Google's complete ecosystem. 
in general. So you use all Google's products because it helps you if you have your Android device. Same as if you have a Windows phone, it probably really helps to have a Windows PC. So you kind of get stuck in these thiefdoms, but once you're there, it's really hard to break out. No matter how great something might be, if it's not what you know, it can be really hard to go away from it. Yeah, and it's not even that it's it's hard to go away from it. It's just what's the point? Like you have to spend you have to spend an enormous amount of time relearning a whole new system for what? You know, maybe a 5% or 10% improvement, maybe not even that, maybe it's just the same and you don't know what other problems await for you in a different system. So I'm always I'm always of the opinion that if you're going to ask me to change everything about my computing life which is now many devices across personal and work, you need a hell of a good reason to switch. This can't be like, oh, it's 10% better. This has to be 10 times better because I've also uh, I issued my family an ultimatum when I made the switch to Mac, which was, you guys can keep using Windows, but I can no longer, I can no longer support you. On, on your Windows systems, like we, I will, I will drift away in knowledge of how to fix your your Windows problems, and if you want continued free technical support from your son, you are going to need to switch over. And they were no fools; they switched over. <laughs> so it's not even it's not even like oh, convincing me to change to a different thing is just me making a personal decision. It's it's then the whole it's the whole network of people in my life whose devices I also support in my immediate family and friends and all like it has big, big knock on effects. So there, there are network effects to this as well. But uh, yeah, I, I was, I developed a lot of, of weird habits when I was working at school because the school used windows for everything and I was still using a Mac. So I, I brought my, personal laptop into work every day and then kind of was always juggling back and forth between the two systems and I was very aware of keeping documents platform agnostic so I, I still have to this day remnants of the system which is entirely based on storing information in text files or other ways that are portable back and forth between the two systems but when I got my first iPhone which was the iPhone 4 that that was really I didn't know it then, but that was really the moment when I started to get locked in big time where it it, it started to no longer matter to me about trying to keep all of my document formats uh, transferable in the future. I started to make more decisions about I'm really all in on this. Um, um, and uh, I I am very glad that I made that decision because it has made lots of things much easier for me and just the systems working together. So we've spoken about hardware, right? And we've we have established that you you know you have a, a Mac and an iPhone and twenty iPads. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's you, about right. That's I think I think I got that right. I think I was following. It's close correctly. enough. Okay, good. Uh, so I want to see what's on them, right? I want to understand a little bit about how you set them up because, again, listening to to Hello Internet, I know that you're very particular about the way that you organize things in your house, and I wonder if that comes to your devices as well. Right, so I want to look at your iPhone first, and maybe your iPad as well. But I think you know, probably, is it fair to say maybe your iPhone is the most important of the two? Ooh, that's a hard. If if I had to pick between the two, if I could only have one, that's a difficult question. I'd have to sit down and think about that for a while. Hmm. That's that's not immediately answerable. Wow, that's surprising to me. I guess that shows a difference in the way that that me and you work. Like I don't even use an iPad. I have one. I just don't use it ever. Right. 
Um, because, you know, my, my iPhone is like, that's like the most important device that I own, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's closer. It's closer for me. It, it, my my iPads do not live unloved on the floor somewhere in my house, as, as presumably yours does. It's like somewhere. Uh, I, if I ever need it, I always have to search for it. It's never it's never in a place that's immediately obvious. Mm-hmm. Like the only thing I ever ever use it for is to watch video on. Yeah, that it, they're they're very good for browsing stuff. But what do you want? You want like a screenshot of my iPhone? Is that what you want? You can give me one if you'd like one. That would be really lovely for the show notes. <laughs> you sound way too excited about that. I really hope that people find this as interesting as I do because I just am fascinated by it. Uh, and and I think that I mean I, I've whenever we I talk about these sorts of things with people, it seems to get uh, you know people seem to be excited about it. I am very excited about the way that people arrange their devices and like the, the decisions that they make. It's just fascinating to me to see like the icons that people pick because I think I remember seeing a, a, a screenshot of your iPhone previously and i was kind of a little bit fascinated by it there were, there were like there were things on there that i just couldn't understand okay well i will send you i will send you an unmodified okay here's how it looked right now as we were talking i didn't know you were going to do this screenshot i'll send it to you on iMessage okay uh but yes as you you might imagine i'm a, I'm a very fussy person in, in in some ways and i have spent far far more man hours than i care to admit trying to select a wallpaper that is acceptable and the way that I arranged the icons on my phone and on my iPad. I really don't I, I really don't want to know how much time has been spent on it, but it has been a lot and I am in an acceptable place now with the way all the icons are. But you know, it can always be it can always be improved. Okay, so I'm looking at this, right? I'm looking at this image here and people can find this image if they want to in a couple of different ways. So I should mention, we've mentioned show notes, right? The place that you can go for the show notes, they're on the web. They're at relay.fm slash cortex slash one. Um, and they're also in, um, if you use like a, a modern app, a modern podcast app, um, you will tend to find the show notes in there. And some will even show this image like embedded because I'm will embed it because I think that's interesting to see that right there. So you don't even have to click a link. It'll be right there for you to see. So I have, I think we may spend the next four hours just talking about <laughs> what I can see here. Wow, this podcast is going to be so exciting. <laughs> I I think it is. I really hope people enjoy it, Craig, because, I mean, this might just be for me now, but... <laughs> I think you're slightly crazy, Mike, mm-hmm. but, you know... <laughs> well, see, for, for, you know, I think it's a nice balance. I'm crazy about the things you're crazy about. Uh-huh. That, I, guess that, I guess that works for me. <laughs> Everything is on one screen. This took a little while to set up, but I, I do not like multiple screens for various reasons i have to accept multiple screens on my ipad but on my iphone especially with the 6 plus i was absolutely determined to fit everything onto a single screen i don't want to have to swipe left or right for anything i just want to open up the phone and it's all right there okay so the way i arrange that is i have four folders across the top and then there are three rows of four icons each. So that's that's it's a four by four grid in total. And everything that I use on my phone is there. There is no secondary page to go to. So one of the things that interests me the most is the fact that you have three items in the dock of your iPhone. Okay, I have discussed this with people. This seems so obvious to me. It 
it looks visually so much more pleasing if you have three icons in your dock than if you have four icons in your dock. Look, I mean, look at that screenshot, Mike. You have to agree, right? Doesn't it look nicer? Except for the folders. There's nothing I can do about the folders. But I mean the three icons in the dock. Doesn't that look nicer? I don't know if it looks nicer. You're wrong. It does look nicer. Okay. <laughs> Silly me. The, th- the thing is, you're like, you're wasting a space. You have, like, that's prime real estate down there. There must be one of the apps in that grid of 12 that is good enough or used enough that it could take that fourth place. Okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, Mike. Since I only have one page, the dock is less important than it might be on other people's phones. So while I agree that it is still prime real estate, it is very thumb-reachable, for me, the, the importance is demoted. But those are definitely my three most important apps that I use most of the time that I have in my dock. So it's the Notes app, Launch Center Pro, and OmniFocus. Yes, those are the three that are in my dock. And having them visually offset from the grid above, I find makes them easier to kind of see and to go to. It it highlights their importance, having only three and then having them centered like that. It, it's it's much, much better. But the other problem that I have, and this, this took a while to, to settle, is that because I have a very large number of iOS devices, I wanted to make sure that the dock would always be the same on all of those devices because I set up my iPads slightly differently depending on the context of what they're being used for. But on every dock, on every device, it's those things three icons in the same order notes launch center pro and OmniFocus. so i always want that to be the same something else that i find interesting right is the apps that you use the apps that, that are out on that grid of 12 right that they are the prime apps that, that sit in in this group right they are outside of the folders you right. have elevated these apps to the status of must be always available mm-hmm. so I want to I want to look at this and and I want to ask you a few quick questions about some of the choices that you've made. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I find really interesting is you have Pages, Byword, Editorial, and Notes. They are all text entry apps. Mm-hmm. I assume then that you have different uses for each of these applications. Okay. Yeah. So on on my phone screen here there are the rows aren't arbitrarily chosen they are arranged in a particular way and the bottom row it within you know the closest reach of the thumb on the iphone 6 plus is basically my writing stuff row so the 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 four icons on the bottom are in order messages pages byword and editorial messages has to be in that spot because that's the that's the easiest spot to hit with the thumb and it's a very frequently used app but then I have those three slots, and conveniently, I basically use three writing apps. And yes, you are right. They they serve different purposes, from least important to most important. Pages is the least important of the three. I use that for shared documents with some people, primarily Brady. So we do our show notes actually using pages, which is something you and I have talked in private about, but that you would not abide for this show. You, you were very insistent on using Google Docs. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. <laughs> Even though I hate Google Docs for a variety of reasons, but uh, but I I relented. I appreciate that. You cannot even begin to understand how much I appreciate that. <laughs> 
but Pages works for Brady and I for doing the show notes. Because if you are a professional YouTuber, you end up with a million Google accounts. And it can be very frustrating to try and find the correct one for the show notes. So that's why Pages works for us. So we, we have some shared documents in there. And I also have a series of shared documents slash instructions for my personal assistant, which are in pages. So I can I can make changes in pages and then she can see it on her end about, you know, how, how things need to be done in a particular order. So pages is, is largely for sharing documents with those two people. And there's a few other things, but that's like 95% of the use case. Okay. Next over then is Byword. And Byword is where I contain an enormous number of lists and documents in in text format. This can be anything from I keep a list of movies to watch and books to read, or I'll have uh, a document just on a whole bunch of notes for a potential project in the future, or uh, half-finished scripts that I'm not working on at the moment. Almost, it's almost anything that doesn't have a dedicated place kind of lives in byword so there's just a ton of lists in there and and i like to have that immediately accessible because i can think of oh there's um here i just thought of a place that i would like to go on holiday at some point so i have a, a list of places to visit at some point so i can just quickly open up byword and, and add that onto the list and then the one that is the furthest over is the most important to me which is editorial and that is the app that I actually use to write the scripts for my videos. And I keep a very, very limited number of documents in there. I try very hard to keep it at five or under of videos that I can say in some sense are active, that I am currently working on and currently writing. So that that is what editorial is for. The notes app, right? You keep it in the doc. Yes. The, the notes is basically just like a pile of crap is kind of the way to think of notes. Notes is, oh, some thought popped into my head and I just want to write it down. I don't even necessarily know what it is or where it's going to go. I just put it in notes if if something comes into my mind. And I, I have a regular uh, review session that I do with myself where I, where I will go through just everything that got dumped into notes and I'll sort it out later. But I very often find myself in situations where there's just something that I want to write down quickly and I'm not even sure exactly what it is or where it's going to go. And I just, I just throw it in notes. And the reason I use notes is because I want that to be available everywhere and I often go through that stuff on my computer. So I want an application where I can have all of these little like scraps of paper almost, these virtual scraps of paper, but I can then churn through them on my computer one at a time and then very quickly, oh yes, this goes on this list, this goes over here, this I can just delete. Uh, so it's, it's this kind of scratch pad sort of application, but it's on the dock because it is very, very frequently used of just, oh, I want to write this thing down really quick. Right, okay. The next row up is the audio row. It's the audio row, yes. Music, Audible, Overcast, Spotify. Right. Audible and Overcast, I can see those those uses, right? Audiobooks, right. podcasts. Right. Music and Spotify. So I assume you have some stuff that you want on your device that's not on Spotify? Yeah, my, my music system is kind of a mess because I have a bunch of music that I bought through iTunes a while back 
And I don't know, a few months ago I thought, oh, all these kids these days, they're talking about this streaming music. Let me try that. So I signed up for Spotify. And I'm kind of I'm kind of waiting to see what Apple does with beats. Like, can you just, just solve something for me here, Apple? I feel like I'm halfway between two music systems. And everything is just a mess everywhere. So I have some stuff that's in music where I've made particular playlists. Like I have... Um, playlist for when I'm writing or for exercise or other stuff. But then Spotify is a source where I can get new music or it has this little radio feature. Each does things that I like, but my music system is just a total mess, which is why I have the two of them there. But I'm, I'm unhappy with the current state of music. And ideally, I would like to compress those two icons down to one icon in the future. But, you know, this is where we are at the moment. So then I'm going to guess like clear is for lists, right? Uh, so clear, clear is a, a very, a very recent newcomer on this front page here. Ooh, um, a promotion. <laughs> it's a big deal when you decide. Ooh, uh, you know. Oh, I'm it gonna, is. If you, I'm going to have a new one that's on the home page, I can't remember. Someone got demoted. I don't remember who it was. Uh-oh. And I can't. They, they're so unimportant. They've slipped out of my mind. Um, but yeah, clear is clear is a, a new one, and I'm experimenting with um, what I'm calling the the top two where I'm trying to figure out what are the two most important things that I do on a particular day. Like, what, what are the two best things that I can accomplish today? And I'm keeping them in clear. That's all clear is, is a list of, of two items. And huh. the reason it's there on my phone is mainly because of actually on my computer setup, since I use OmniFocus to run all of my life, like everything is in OmniFocus, on my actual desktop computer, I also always have now clear open on the side showing me the two things that I think are really what needs to be accomplished. And I'm finding that it helpful to have that visually present all the time and separate from the, oh, I'm running through this enormous checklist of stuff I need to do when I'm uploading a new video. Or, you know, here are the... the bunch of minor errands that I need to run today kind of stuff. Or like OmniFocus is on top of all of that. But I like having it visually separate and omnipresent, these two items that I'm selecting as particularly important items for the day. So that's why clear is there. I don't use it a lot on the phone, but I like to be able to change or tick off those items immediately. Are these two items things that you would like to do or things that you have to do? This can be a whole other conversation. I I would say that they they are important items, but they are very rarely things that have to happen okay but this this can be another conversation so i mean the other one do 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 you i always struggle to say it do do <laughs> do do you do you e do every time i talk about this app i have to spell it like because yeah. i just know that i say it ridiculously it's like it's just a totally different word um, I, I do you use this for like reminders and alarms and things. Okay, so I yeah, the, the crazy thing when you look at this screenshot is, wait a minute, this guy has three icons on his home screen that have check boxes on them, right? Clear, OmniFocus, and Do. And it's like it seems like it's a lot of 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 items, but I don't actually use Do for their reminders at all. I use Do solely because they have the best timer feature of any app I have tried. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's amazing. Yeah, when I when I'm trying to find a new app, you can look through my my purchase history and it's like, oh, this guy bought 20 timer apps on the <laughs> iTunes store, and he tried every single one of them. Um, 
But Dew is the only one that does this thing, which now, especially with the Apple Watch, is just amazing because I use timers constantly for when I work. And the thing that I really like about Dew is when the timer goes off, you can have it automatically re-notify you in a minute and keep re-notifying you every minute until the time until you tell it to stop i love that feature so much it's almost hard to explain why that's useful but there are many there are very many occasions where i don't want a timer to constantly ring until i tell it to stop i want it to poke me every minute meaning that you need to wrap it up buddy but keep reminding me until i tell it yes i have finished this thing that i'm doing yeah it's it, it is like life-changing this this timer and the way it works with the apple watch with sort of tapping you on the wrist is absolutely phenomenal i have to say i i use at least right now i use basically no third-party apps on my watch except do and i use do all day long yep. the actual apple watch app is brilliant because you can you can enter things there you can reschedule things as well i actually do is probably my favorite apple watch app mm-hmm um, yeah, it's I absolutely it. great. It's absolutely great. So, unexpectedly, I have now kind of just like took you, p- pushed you through this tour of your iOS device, right? Um, and pointed out things that I find interesting and and somewhat weird. Would you like the opportunity to do the same to mine? Well, are you going to give me an honest screenshot? Yeah, I, I've, I'll go get my phone right now, and I will. Sit, and I'll, I message you a screenshot. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's right. see for comparison. What okay. have you got there? Give me one second. Mike, this iPhone is hideous. Okay, awesome. Right, let's do this. What's the problem? This screenshot is it's horrifying. <laughs> Why? What's wrong with this? Okay, I almost I almost said this when I was talking about my iPhone, but now I have to say it to you. I I don't understand people who fill up every slot with icons. Uh-huh. And you're one of those people. Yeah. And you have an iPhone iPhone 6 Plus, so it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven rows, including the dock. Seven rows completely full with four icons on each row. My problem is there's like maybe God. three apps that I don't want to be there, but I can't make it uneven. And plus, I just like to fill the screen. You got the screen, fill the screen. Oh, my God. That's how I feel. Okay, look, if there's three that you don't want to be here, at least, at least demote one app and leave that that row on the bottom clear. Having mm. having at least one row clear is very nice. It's very pleasing. I used to do that. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe this 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 will force me to do it. I need to think more carefully. I mean, the phone. Why the heck is the phone icon on your home screen? I actually don't know why it's there. Okay, there we go. I've solved your problem for you. Get rid of the phone icon. Get rid of whatever those other three are, and. I mean, when I look at this, this to me is just, I can't believe I've never seen this in person. I feel, (laughs) I think you must have been hiding this from me in person when you. (laughs) Would you have like grabbed it and thrown it at the wall or something? (laughs) Yeah. Like you need to fix this right now, buddy. This is just, this is horrifying visual noise. And I have to say, your wallpaper, your wallpaper isn't helping. Are you going to put this in the show notes for people? Yeah. That's one of the built-in ones. Apple give you that. Is that one built in? Uh Uh-huh. No, that's not built I in. I promise you it is. That, that is, is an Apple-designed no. wallpaper. I'm telling you, it I is. I mean, they do. Occasionally, they make horrifying decisions. Uh, that, that is no, there's no way. I mean, how do, it is just, it is just 
triangles of color. Uh-huh. There's a blue tinted one and a red tinted one. And I have the red tinted one because I have a red iPhone case. Open your settings app. Go to wallpaper. I, 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 it's open right now. I, I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling through. Oh, dear God. You're right. See? I told you. I can't believe that's one of the built-in ones. Uh, it's great. No, it is not great. It is great. It is not great. Listeners, listeners, go look at the show notes <laughs> and, and ask yourself, which phone would you rather use? You know what Mine. the answer Mine. is going to be. I have more personality than yours, Gray. It's, it's all like, you know, it's like a robot in there. I, I've got like a clown going on or something. You this know? looks like, yeah, this looks like someone just puked a bunch of neon and squares all over the place. <laughs> I do feel like that. Having now looked at yours and now looking at mine, I'm looking at it like on my screen because I'm looking at it on my laptop here. It's bigger than usual. <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, it looks like a clown vomited. Like it's... it's <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't help because I have a lot of color on the icons as well. Yeah. I, I mean, well, this is, I, I didn't even want to get into my, my crazy obsession with this, but part of the problem with me arranging the icons is you have to distribute colors appropriately. Mm. And I, and the various icons that I have are way too white and orange heavy. And it took forever to try to figure out how to arrange them. But yeah, you have a lot of color icons here, but like, you have the camera icon on your home screen, but you can just get that from Control Center. You don't need that icon there. Oh, get rid of that. that doesn't work properly. It? And, it, but also, it the camera, camera serves two purposes. It's also the way I get to my photos. So that that is a life hack. Do you have three pages of this? Because I'm looking. You have three dots on the bottom. Yeah. Do you want to see the other pages? I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can handle the other pages. It's lots of stuff and lots of folders. This is the thing. Like, if I have to move things off this homepage, I don't know where they're gonna go. That's the problem. That's one of the main reasons that it stays as it is because I don't know where to put stuff. Okay, send me the other ones. Send me other. This ones. show was meant to be looking at the interesting ways that you work, and now it has actually turned into what I expected, which was you ridiculing the way that I work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have to say, when, like, when I'm looking, I'm looking at this on my phone because okay. I want to get the full experience. Oh, that's that's a good idea. I like that because there I can tap it and then it it takes up the whole screen, and so it is though I am using your phone. And now that I have all three pictures, I can swipe back and forth just like it's the three pages. Mm-hmm. And this, I mean, I don't know any other way to describe this than just disgusting. This is just <laughs> disgusting to me, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I assume right now that this is like attacking your senses. I don't know. I don't know how you. I don't know how you do anything on here. I don't know how you find anything on here. I use the search quite a lot. Everything just looks like crap. Okay, so this is what I was going to ask. I mean, please include these other. I don't know if you can, but if you know, please include these other two screenshots so people can see the full part. I mean, first of all, like you, your folders are just random all over the place. It makes no sense at all. Well, to you. I don't think it makes sense to you. I don't think I don't think it can possibly make sense to you. <laughs> now, cuz one thing that I really don't like, I don't like having like apps on a second and third page of a folder. That that frustrates me. I don't like that. Okay. So I wish that there was no preview of the icons because then that's why cuz cuz I can see the little icons in there. Mm-hmm. Like it makes if if they're on the second page, I don't like that. I wish it was just no icon at all. I couldn't see any anything that was in the folders, then I could put more stuff in folders. I don't like I, them hidden away like that. Yeah, I I wish there was a way to just specify that I there's two things that I want that Apple will never give me. I want opaque folders so it doesn't even show me what's in there. Or I, maybe I can select a representative icon or something. Yeah. But 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 that's the thing that I hate the most about my iPhone now is seeing those junky folders at the top. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm willing to pay that visual price for having the one screen. The second thing that I want 
is I want the option to turn off the words underneath the icons. Hmm. Why does why does it have to say audible below the icon? I know what that icon is. You know what's going to happen now, right? What? Android people. Uh, yeah, no, I know. I know. Android people will tell us. And this is, like, I know this is what happens. It can never mention if I ever mention a setting. It's like, listen, Android people. I know that you have settings to change everything. I'm fully aware of that. See our previous 20 minute discussion about changing. But I want to be able to take away the words. I find the words are visual clutter that I have no need. The purpose of the icon is to be able to identify the app. I don't need to read it. I'm not looking at that screen going, hmm, I wonder what the pink music note is. Oh, it's music. Thank you, word below the picture. There's no need for this. I wish I could get rid of that. I, I, I would love it if I could get rid of those words, but but I can't. So I, I want to visually simplify this even better. But, okay, so, so just to step back for a second, because you mentioned that because you have no kind of system at all, you use search to try to find your stuff because there's just crap everywhere in random spots. Like, that's what you have to do. Now, I use search for everything, basically, that's not immediately visible. And what I'm wondering is I may have more apps on my phone than you do. Mm. So I want you to look it up on your phone right now. Do you know where to go? I now need to go get my, I'm just going to get my phone. What, I know. what are you doing? Why, why are you leaving your phone all over the place? It's charging. It's charging. It's charging. What? Why don't you have a charger where you're sitting? That's a thing that I need to do. Yeah, it is a thing you need to do. Where is he going? Plus, I didn't want it, so I was distracted. Uh-huh. I need to give you my full attention. Yeah, you got to maintain focus. So, yeah, I know where to go. So I'm going there now. Uh, yeah, so it's under settings, general, about. Okay. I have 113 applications on my phone. How many do you have? Aha, uh-huh, I have 194. Okay. So I don't you... even know why. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. The thing, when I got this phone, I started fresh. I don't know what's happened. I don't know how I've done this. You have done this. You uh, have done this to yourself. You've ruined everything. I have ruined nothing. You have ruined everything. I have just pointed to the ruin. Because now I want my phone to look like yours. <laughs> I mean, you got to do something about that, Mike. I know. See, this is why. You know I'm right. You know the three icons yeah. on the bottom looks much nicer. You know the one page is nicer. No, I will not have th- three icons on the bottom. I will always have four. I, I mean, I'm looking at this picture still, and it, it just it seems like there's no rhyme or reason to anything. There's no rhyme or reason to any of this. Well, there is. So do you want me to talk you through it? I mean, y- you can try. Okay. <laughs> so the dock consists of Tweetbot, Mailbox, Chrome, and Overcast. They are my... Most used, most beloved applications. So they live there. I use them constantly. I don't even think you should have Twitter on your phone, but that's a whole other conversation. Hmm. I'm writing that down. (laughs) (laughs) Episode number 11. Okay. Um, Number nine. (laughs) Then I have messaging applications, messages, WhatsApp, and Slack. Right. They are there. I use those. They're my messaging apps. I then have Beats, right? Mm-hmm. Because it sits above Overcast. So that's like the, the audio portion. You see? Mm-hmm. Then I have One Password, Fantastic How, OmniFocus, and Workflow. That is mm-hmm. the uh, productivity section. Mm-hmm. It's where I get stuff done. I can't believe there wasn't a calendar on your home screen. Nope. That will be the calendaring episode. Uh, then Launch Center Pro lives above Workflow. 
I can't. I mean, like, I can't imagine a worse. Oh wait, would you use your phone right-handed? Don't you? Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Then that's. I'm looking at that and thinking that's a terrible place for Launch Thunder Pro. But oh, if you're using it right-handed, then that's fine. Yeah, that was actually picked as one of the prime places for me. Yeah, that's that's an easy that's an easy spot. Then I have camera stuff. Mm-hmm. Camera, Instagram, Periscope. Periscope on the homepage. Yeah, that was a bad mistake. That needs to come off. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> I don't know why. I ever terrible decision. I was I was really excited about it one day, and then it got moved to my screen. <laughs> I don't know why. Then I have um, this next line makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. Your RSS reader, Evernote, Dropbox, Google Maps. Oh yeah, those all those four go together. Obviously, there's no thing there. Uh, clear and do they go together because they're kind of remindery type things. How do you say it again? Do do. Uh, then I have Foursquare because and it, this is all falling apart. I mean, look at you. You're, put, you're putting the two the two white colored apps next to each other. I mean, even unread above the camera, you have two grayscale apps right above each other, and then above one password. It's just it's it's visually hard to parse. You've editorial above do, which are you have the older version of editorial, so it's white. This is this is no good. I mean, in your dock, you have Mailbox and Chrome next to each other, which are visually similar. And then you have the phone at the top left, which you already admit that you don't use. So that's, that, the phone at the top left is there because I think it's always been there. Right. So you never thought about it. You never went about it in any kind of rational way. You just left it there. Left Great. It there. Okay. And then day one, mm-hmm. your, your journaling application. Yep. So I need to seriously rethink this now. Yeah, you do. You and do. I will never forgive you for that. <laughs> we need to have like a little sit down. Next time we meet up for for lunch, I want to. Tr- uh, now I've decided I want to make my phone look like your phone. I think that would be good for you. With four icons in the dock because I'm I'm civilized. Three icons in the dock because it looks much nicer. Yeah, but where there's a I'll be missing one. You don't need Tweetbot. You can take Tweetbot off there. I, that's the one I need the most, buddy. <laughs> no, goodbye, Tweetbot. Twitter isn't even installed on my phone. You shouldn't have Twitter on your phone. Then how will I talk to anybody? <laughs> how will I Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> if I don't have Twitter on my phone, how will I tweet? <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't understand. We will discuss it in episode nine. <laughs> this episode of Cortex is also brought to you by Igloo, the internet you'll actually like. We're talking about work here, and I know that so many people, I used to be one of those people, I believe Gray probably was one of those people as well, used to have to use intranet products. Intranet products that are so boring and horrible to look at and terrible to use that you have to like just accept HR policies on and basically just read some important announcement from a stuffy executive somewhere or some boring stuff like that. That's the stuff that we all hate to do. Nobody wants to use an internet in that way. It's boring. And it looks like these things were built in the 90s. It looks like designed by somebody who actually probably feels like they hate you because they just make everything look so horrible and hard to use. Well, those days are over. And this is what Igloo is all about. Igloo allows you to make your company intranet feel like a place that you actually want to be. It's super configurable. You can completely rebrand it to give it the look and feel of your team. You can make it feel at home by having a drag and drop interface. It allows you to drop little widgets in so you can reorganize the whole platform to fit exactly how your teams and the different departments in your company work. It's pretty, pretty cool. With Igloo as well, you don't have to be chained to your desk to do your work. You can manage your task list from a laptop during a meeting. You can share status updates where you got one foot out of the door on a Friday. Friday! And you can also access the latest version of a file from home. You can even do this in your pajamas and nobody will know. Nobody will judge you. I won't judge you. These days, everything should be on mobile. Your work should be too, and so should your 
intranet. One of the problems with living mobile lives like we have these days is that people sign up for loads of different services like Box and Google Drive and Dropbox and they want to keep their stuff with them, right? Because they're going to be out of the office. So they put them in Dropbox so they can access them at home. This can be problematic for so many different reasons because you can have security problems, right? We don't really want to talk about those, but they can happen. They can be serious security problems having customer data in Dropbox and you've got it at home. And also it's just inconvenient because there are files all over the place. Well, Igloo allows you to integrate those services into one big, easy-to-use, easy-to-manage, easy-to-secure platform so people can still use Dropbox and stuff, but it's inside of Igloo as well because this just makes it safer. It just makes it easier. If you know terms like 256-bit encryption, single sign-on, and Active Directory integrations, then you are going to know just how rock-solid Igloo is. If you don't know what any of that means, just trust me. With Igloo, you can share files with your coworkers for you all to collaborate on. You can track who's read them with read receipts. This can be super useful for, do you remember that HR policy document I was talking about earlier? Rather than you having to go around and check with every single person that it's been done, because, you know, let's face it, that stuff still needs to be signed. With Igloo, you can see who has read it because it will pop up and say that they have. It's time to break away from the intranet that you hate. Go and sign up for Igloo right now and you can try it out for free for any team of up to 10 people for as long as you want. Go sign up right now at igloosoftware.com slash cortex. Thank you so much to Igloo for supporting this show and all of Relay FM. How much do you even consider using your Mac in this way? Like, do you even think about like what goes on your dock and what goes on your menu bar as an important thing? I have nothing in my dock. Whoa. <laughs> okay, we need now. We need to go back to this again. <laughs> you, do you seriously have nothing in your dock? To a first approximation, that is true. Uh, what are the two? There are two applications that I do leave in my dock, but that is only because I always want them in the same location on the dock. But otherwise, I have no applications in my dock. The only two things that live there permanently are um, Activity Monitor, because I just want to be able to see it. I have it next to Finder. I want it in the same spot every time I bring up uh, the dock. And I have a program called Anti-RSI, which is to um, remind me to stop using the computer at particular times. Uh, so those two are in my dock, but it is only because I want their icons in the same place all the time. Otherwise, no dock icons. My dock is minimized. And there are oh. no icons. Oh. Please don't tell me it's on the bottom. Uh, it, it is on the bottom, but Great. it doesn't matter. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Why does this bother you? It takes up so much screen real estate. But can I tell you something that's probably going to drive you crazy? Uh. I have a couple of computers, and actually the dock location is inconsistent between them. On a couple of them, it's on the side, and some of, it's on, uh, some of them it's on the bottom. I don't understand how... I can be criticized about my <laughs> but, iPhone. But here's the thing. Because I never use the dock to launch anything, and because it's always hidden, I don't I don't even really ever pull it up. I never I never look at the dock. So where where if it's hidden, it doesn't matter what's on there. I never I never use it. So it doesn't make any difference if it's on the side or if it's on the bottom. One of these days I'll make all the computers consistent, but I just I don't care because I never look at it. Activity monitor, though, is that really that? That's crazy to me that that's that important. That it's not only open all the time, but is one is pretty much the only app, right? Because the RSI thing is like a utility; it's like a thing. Yeah. But like, it's the only app really that you ordain to live. I mean, you have a really powerful computer. Like, what's the issue that you're finding there? The reason it's there is for when I'm exporting stuff. It is useful to see if programs have frozen or if they're if they're busy. I mean, I don't use it a ton, but it, it just gives me a sense of like, what's the system up to um, 
in situations where it might be ambiguous. So when I'm exporting animations is, is the usual culprit of, did the system just freeze or is it busy for the next couple hours churning away at, a, you know, a two hour long Hello Internet video for YouTube? It's, that's why I have it there. But I don't, I don't use it very much. It's, it's just more that I want it consistent if it is open on all the systems. So I can quickly go look and see if there's a problem with something or something needs to be killed. Do you care about what lives in your menu bar? That, that I am very picky about and definitely for the show notes for listeners. If you are picky about the icons that live on the top of your menu bar, I use Bartender. Yes. Yeah, which is excellent. It is an excellent little app that gives me a little box on the menu bar, which I can hide a million ugly little icons in. So there are there are very, very few icons that are actually visible all the time on my menu bar. There's the Bluetooth status. There's volume. Uh, I do have Time Machine, but that's only because um, I'm, I'm, I need to keep an eye on that. I've just switched over systems, and I want to make sure it's working right. Uh, there is the Input menu, so that I can see that my computer is in Dvorak, because every once in a while it likes to switch over to a different keyboard, which is super fun. I, I use uh, the Microsoft Ergonomic Keyboard, which is mm. a PC keyboard. Right, yes, I know that one. So I have to change mine to, like, PC British. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. otherwise, just nothing works. Just right. all of basically, it might as well. I, I may as well be using a Dvorak keyboard at that point because right. it's just like we just don't recognize any key input. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I have the Dvorak keyboard thing. I have the Wi-Fi indicator, and then <laughs> the one that drives some people crazy when they see my computer is that I have what's called a fuzzy clock. I used to use one of these. The fuzzy like on my clock right now, it doesn't. It doesn't display the time as a number. It displays it as a little sentence. So it says quarter past four. Like the words are written out on my computer right now. Uh, I can actually take a little screenshot for people. It's actually 1617 right now. Yeah, but who cares? I don't care. I don't need to know the time that precisely. And I really like having the fuzzy clock. I don't like having the little number. And for some reason, I just find it it's much easier. And I don't live a life that, that I need to know to the minute what time it is. I just it doesn't matter to me. So I, I like I like the uh, the ambiguity and it's somehow yeah, it's just somehow clearer in my mind the notion of oh it is five o'clock. Is it five oh three? Maybe. I don't care. Yeah, I get that. I I, I do actually get that. I, I like that. Because as well, like if you use an analog watch face, that's how you tell the time. Yeah, it's 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 very similar to the analog watch face yeah. thing. You don't you don't look at an analog clock and be like, oh, let me just hang on a minute. I'm just need to where exactly? <laughs> One, two, three. Nobody does that, you know. There, I sent you the thing for your show notes. You can you. you can use that. We massively diverged from the overall point of what I was driving at today. <laughs> is is this what you wanted? Is this what you wanted this conversation to be? Yes. I feel like it got away from you though. It wasn't what I planned, but looking back on it, this is exactly what I wanted. Like okay. th- when when I wanted th- us to do this show, that that last twenty minutes was exactly what I hoped would happen, <laughs> right? Uh, basically, I don't understand you, and you're really disappointed in me. That <laughs> this is how I expect the next few episodes to go. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm glad that's what you wanted, and I'm glad that's what you got, Mike. Because <laughs> I guarantee I'm very disappointed in you. <laughs> <laughs> but like I wanted to set out with you to to start looking at the devices that you use and the choices that you make and the way that you arrange them mm-hmm. to ask the, the, the simple question of do you think that any of this actually makes you work better 
the hardware decisions, the way that you organize things, the choices that you make, do you think that they actually make you work faster, harder, or smarter? Or do you think it's just a thing that we do or that you do to just make you feel more comfortable to do the work? Like the, the, the actual choices that you make, intrinsically the choice doesn't help you do the work. It's just you feel more comfortable to get the work done. All we have in life are the choices we make. I've made a whole bunch of choices with regards to the hardware and the software that I use. And then I observe the changes in my own behavior as a, as a result of those. And a lot of it is just making a decision so that a, a piece of technology becomes almost invisible. Like, I, I don't really think about my Mac very much. It's it's almost semi-invisible in my life in a way. It's just a machine that I sit down at and I have my desk and my chair and, and I sit here and, and I do work on it. And that's that's what I want from it. But I'm always messing around and, and tinkering with my system to try to see how can things potentially be better. And I mentioned earlier, the, the thing with clear is something that I'm trying now to have two items always visible. It's like, does this make a difference? I think it does, but I haven't been doing it long enough to be able to tell. So some decisions, yes, they do, they help the workflow. I don't necessarily, it's hard to say if I'm faster with particular decisions. Like if I had learned a, a different audio program, would I be faster with that than Logic? Probably not. It probably wouldn't make much of a difference. I just had to pick some audio program. So I might as well continue with my doubling down on Apple. So I went with went with Logic. But things like selecting uh, timer applications or task manager applications, those things I can observe, they do make a difference. Like having a better timer application matters. Having a better to-do list manager matters. It, it makes a difference. But then there's stuff just like arranging all of the icons on my phone and picking a pleasing background is just because I don't I don't want to live a life where a clown has vomited on my phone and I have to deal with that every day. <laughs> like I, I would like a, a nice, calming, relaxing, easy, easily visually parsable environment in which to work, unlike some people. We have uh, a couple of mechanisms to receive follow-up and feedback for Cortex. Now, you can email us, but we will probably get to this at some point. <laughs> we would both really prefer it if you didn't email. <laughs> you can. Okay, there, if you go to our page online, if you go to relay.fm slash cortex, you will be able to click a button that says contact and it will open your email application and you can write me an email and it will go to me. It will not go to Gray. <laughs> I was going to say, and you can email Mike. A hundred percent. It will never go to him. It will just go to me. So, you know, treat that as it will, as you may. Uh, but but both me and Gray are not big fans of email. If you have something that is long that you want to say and you really want to say it, feel free to do it. Um, you, you just get it out there. But if it's something you can say over Twitter or on Reddit or something like that, please do it there because that is a way that we both prefer to receive feedback because it's easier to digest, I think. Yes, we we are recording this show uh, fairly well in advance, but yeah. when it actually goes live, I will have a, uh, I will put up a thread on my subreddit where people can discuss this, 
and people can tweet at you or me. And that is, that is that is a way in which your feedback will probably be much more well-received than emailing Mike. Although I, I have no problem with emailing Mike. That works fine by me, but, yep. you know, well, the Reddit is probably you, better. You would say that. <laughs> I, can, I can copy you into all my responses. Uh, I can create a filter that will delete all of those. <laughs> I would. I will set up multiple email accounts and use different subject lines. You'll never get away from me. Um, how do people get to the Reddit? Like, what is the way to do that? Like, uh, oh yeah, of course. For example, I have no clue, so you need to tell me. I feel like Reddit is so omnipresent in my life. I, like, who wouldn't know how to get to the Reddit? Uh, you go to uh, Reddit r e d d i t dot com slash r slash cgp gray and on there you will see a a link that'll say cortex number one and you can click that and participate in the comment thread awesome uh gray mentioned twitter as well um we are both on twitter uh gray is at cgp gray and uh, i am i mike i am yke uh and also this is something that i want to do for this show so we're going to do the regular follow-up and stuff at the start of the show as, mm. as you'll hear in many shows but there's there is something i would like to do at the end of each show which will be called ask gray mm-hmm. now this is a method that i do this on a couple of other shows that, that i host on relay fm and what it does is it allows you to ask us um i guess especially gray questions so this can be it doesn't even necessarily have to be follow-up it can be just be things that you want to know uh, you know about you'll hear us talk a lot about work and stuff like that you may have seen an app for example on my home screens or gray's home screens that you want to know a little bit more about so you could tweet and ask us that question or maybe you want to understand a little bit more about activity monitor and why oh why <laughs> you would consider it to be so important that you would leave it uh, <laughs> in a your big talk. Deal. <laughs> uh or why you know or maybe you you have a just a quick comment about why magnifying the dock is like it's just the worst thing you could ever do you can <laughs> if you just tweet with the hashtag ask gray A-S-K-G-R-E-Y. It will go into a document that uh, we will control and then we'll be able to bring in the ones that we want to talk about each week and we can mention them. And it's a really fun way to ask questions and be involved in the show. And it's a great way to get follow-up and feedback and stuff like that. Yeah, I've never done anything like this. So I'm curious to see how this goes. Uh, We'll we'll see how this goes. But uh, we will not be able to do it for the next episode because I believe we're recording that in advance. So we won't have Ask Gray next time. But we'll have it on the third episode, I guess. Is that the way this is going to work? Yeah, so the first two episodes, uh, we're recording before we release them. Yes. Um, like, you know, we're recording them in advance before the show is even live to the internet. So episode three, I expect to be chock full of follow-up mm-hmm. and questions and feedback about the show. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that episode. Uh, maybe before then, I would have changed my entire, just the way I do everything in my life. Uh, who knows? I sure so, hope so. As I am pushed <laughs> into changing things. But um, I think that's probably about it, Gray. Okay, yeah. I, I, I'm i glad this is what you wanted. I don't know if I... <laughs> I wanted something. <laughs> but I don't know if I got what I was originally intending to get. All right. I'll see you next week. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs>